This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. Located in downtown Grand Forks, SDR has everything you need for successful training. Running shoes, spikes, apparel, and accessories are just a few of the things they carry. Richard and Adam have a wealth of knowledge they'll share with you to find exactly what you need. Plus, look into their community group runs, training programs, and other offerings. All that and more at Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. On this episode of the podcast, Cam and I decided we just got to get some content, man. It's been way too long. We've both been really busy. We dive into that towards the end of the episode. You can get a little life update from us. But essentially, we get together. We talk about some of our thoughts from indoor season. And I know this is titled January Recap. And we do recap on some of the athletes and performers that have stood out so far this month and this season. But a lot of this is just banter. Uh us getting together for the first time in a long time, just sharing some of the things that were on our brains. And so I hope that you enjoy it as much as we did. We promise that there is some more content coming out. Uh, You'll see some good interviews coming up. We are excited about a few projects that we're going to be pushing this week. So stay patient with us. We haven't given up yet. I know if it seems like we've been pretty quiet, Uh, we have, but it's not because uh, we're throwing in the towel or anything like that. It's just life is so busy. Uh, but I promise you, there's more to come, uh, and starting with this episode. So thank you for your support, as always. Follow us on social media. Uh, continue to tell your friends about the pod. But in the meantime, enough about us. Let's dive into the latest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we are going to give you a January recap of sorts. Cam and I were discussing before we came on about how the indoor season has just felt kind of mundane. Um, and Cam, we were kind of talking about how that's just been like, there's so many fast times that we've almost become numb to them. And I think you can expand on it better than I can. Yeah, I mean, when we feel that the season has been mundane, it's not because there have been mundane performances. Like everybody's killing it right now, mm-hmm. you know. And, and maybe part of it is the indoor season is so short, and so it's tough to know, you know, when are people really going for it, or or it, it's just tough for people to like line up. So like the competitive aspect of like racing gets you know diminished, I guess you could say a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, we were just talking before you hit record, like why, like every, everywhere we turn every weekend, it's, you know, new PR for this person, new school record, this person, top 10 in the NCAA American record. You know, it's like the, the record books are getting rewritten at such a fast, you know, such a fast pace, you know, the times and how quickly the times are changing both of them. But, uh, it's like, why, why is that? And why does more success kind of make me lose interest or it, it just, maybe it's the wow factor, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, world record used to being, you know, be this unattainable thing, but now it almost seems like anybody who you've never heard of can 
can set a world record or a national record or, um, you know, well, I mean, just right as you're of, hitting record, yeah, go for it, Ryan. What do I was you gonna say? I mean, just think of like, I think the most obvious and easy to kind of digest is the four minute mile. Like a collegian yeah, yeah. getting a, a collegian getting under four minutes ten years ago was a big deal, and there was there'd be a handful that would do it every year, but hardly any. And now, just at one meet alone, you know, you can go to BU any given weekend, and it seems like you have like forty guys going under it. And we're seeing it at that level, um, you know, the things that Sidious Mag is posting and that you're seeing on Flow Track and whatever. But it's even happening. I feel like, like we see Nell Graham set a school record every week. And yeah, it's just like, that's just, we shrug our shoulders. We're like, yeah, it's just like who she is. Or like Shelby Frank is leading the nation in the weight throw. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it's what Shelby Frank does. I, yeah. It's a good problem to have that. Like we have so many people that we're following that are so good and have been so good consistently that it's like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? She's first in the country. Like, shouldn't she be? Right. But, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, no. Nell went three for three, three week, three weekends in a row, 600 score record, 400 score record, and set the 300 meter score record this weekend too. So it's like, you know, or Kendra Kelly back-to-back weekend score records just saw, you know, UND distance out at UW, their 3k score record broken twice at the same meet, you know, within 20 minutes, you know, two new school records uh, getting set. So Mm-hmm. Uh, impressive impre- it's kind of a you know it's one of those like a, a paradoxical conundrum you know like would you rather have people performing well a lot and breaking records or would you rather and have those records maybe not mean as much in the moment or would you rather have less frequent good performances to make the records mean more I think I, I don't know. It's tough, tough to say. I think I like seeing people run fast regardless, because you know, like even, even if it doesn't mean that much to us, like you see videos of like guys in college or whatever, breaking four for the first time. And it's still, even though it doesn't mean hardly anything maybe to the track and field world anymore, like multiple high schoolers break four in a mile every year. Mm -hmm. Now it seems like, you know, so to the track world, that doesn't mean anything, but to that athlete, it still means a lot. Uh, so I think we're I'd just in this weird phase where it's like, we just have to, we're so we're like in between. We've got to get used to now three fifty five needs to be the new four. And it's yeah, just, yeah, just this fair. era of track and field, you know, regardless of the event, we just have to adjust those expectations a little bit. And I guess find new numbers that are more relevant. Like, it's not 13 anymore in the 5k we were just talking about that before we hit record too now maybe it needs to be 1250 and yeah that yeah. needs to be a new measuring stick but i don't know it's it's a good problem to have yeah it's kind of a kind of a weird phase too with like the shoes you know there was the whole like people started running fast like after covid and you know the carbon plated shoes and stuff like that and so then it was like every time you see a, a pr or a record there was like a a little bit of a sense of like, uh, what would they have done in the other shoes before, you know, something like that. And mm-hmm. I think as the tech kind of tech kind of plateaus again, and then you're seeing more and more people reach the level where we're seeing now, like the new level, it'll develop again, where we'll see one or, you know, 
fewer people that are able to just like have the absolutely outstanding performances and then we'll see eventually we'll see like a resurgence of excitement around times i think but maybe not maybe not ryan maybe this is like maybe this is what track needs to get us on the the winning is the most important thing train again Mm -hmm. well you know what i'm saying yeah i guess the other thing too that i want to say is like i know we're like pretty biased like we both like distance you being a distance runner me being your number one fan in college and living with a bunch of distance runners but it's even in the field events too like i think about ndsu and like they've got some guy vaulters that are consistently jumping close to 17 feet and it's like a few years ago that wasn't the case at ndsu and you know and that kind of was like usd was setting the standard and then sdsu had a couple guys that were pushing that and now NDSU is kind of coming into that era too. So yeah, it's, it's just across the board. I don't know if it's, and maybe it's even just this, you know, you see one person do it and you say, why not me? Or you see somebody run that and you go, I'm, you know, last season I was just as good as them. And um, maybe it's just a mindset shift too, that kind of unlocking, you see other people do it and, and it's not as, unattainable as it once was i don't know but yeah it's yeah. cool no it's totally, regardless totally. it's really cool ryan i a uh, little bit of change of topic uh this is a question for our listeners uh hit us up in the dms with what you think are uh what the answer to this question is or comment on literally any one of our posts uh on instagram but what do you think the lowest mileage per week a former collegiate athlete could run to break two minutes in the 800. All right. Say that one more time. So our friend, Evan Kotzik texted me and a couple of the other distance guys we were on the team with. He said, trying to break two minutes in the 800. What's the least mileage I can run a week and still be able to do that? Oh man. See, and that's that's like outside of my wheelhouse. I would guess like 15 to 20 miles a week with some really good workouts in there. I feel like okay. to I feel like to break 2 minutes, it's not so much mileage, it's more so some of those nasty workouts on the track. I think I think I agree. I think you can do it on pretty low mileage as long as you're like ripping two hundos four times a week or something like i know see that's where that's where the training if you go the low mileage route i have no idea what the training approach would be so it's easier for me to say nah like let's stick to like 40 to 50 miles a week do strides twice a week and some hills and i bet you'll be okay you know kotz is like a he's like a 32 minute 10k guy you know scored in the 10k on the track and was also a 352 1500 meter runner i think he'd run as as fast as like 154 or 153 maybe in the 800 obviously that was a couple years ago but i don't know i'd I'd be interested to see what the fans think if any anybody out there uh, has 800 meter coaching advice well so the thing that i ended up sending evan was donovan brazier you know American record holder in the 800 mm-hmm. is known for being 
low mileage. Not even like relatively low for the 800, like just straight up low, low mileage. But Google search said he did about 30, 35 to 40 miles a week with his longest run ever being eight an eight mile long run, which for most people, it's like, oh, you call yourself like a distance runner. Like, <laughs> that's insane. Uh-huh. Then the other thing, the other thing that I sent to him was that Roger Bannister, going back to the sub four, when he broke his first sub four minute mile ever, was running about uh, 30 miles a week often not more than 30 minutes a day. And I, I had heard or read a story that basically Bannister, he was in med school at the time, would go go to school, go to class, or you know, be doing his, his med school stuff, go out to the track, rip 400s at 60 seconds, like basically four-minute pace. He would do like 10 by 400 or whatever, eight by 400 at 60 seconds with 60 seconds rest or something like that. And that would be his whole run for the day. And he would do that like five times a week, just like <laughs> 400s on 400s at race pace, like the whole race pace over and over and over again. So do whatever works, but yeah, I guess I I'll make a post that might be a good Sunday post to make. Um, yeah. Or maybe I should actually be highlighting some of our North Dakota athletes that are doing <laughs> good stuff this weekend. But at some point that'll be a post and people can comment their thoughts on it. Have I told you about when I'm done training for the multi, my 800 training plans? No, this is perfect. Okay. I've so not the, heard this. There is a, a athlete. His name is Matt Clark. He's, he's probably 35 years old, maybe a few years older than that, but he's uh competed at university of Northern Iowa collegiately. He was a, an Iowa kid, grew up in Ames, Iowa, where Iowa state is. Went to Northern Iowa and did the multi. Was pretty good. Was an All-American. And then he kept training. He eventually found his way down to Arkansas. And that's where he's been ever since. He's like the strength and conditioning coach for track and field. And I think maybe a couple other sports there. And a couple of years ago, he was on a podcast that I listened to. It was just a a decathlete named Tom Fitzsimons. And he would interview other decathletes. And Matt Clark was on this. And Matt Clark said that once he kind of retired. He's he's stopped training for the multi a few times and then picked up training again. And the first time that he stopped training, he said, like, I just needed something to train for. He's like, I didn't want to just exercise to exercise. So he came up with this goal, um, self-proclaiming that he was going to be the first man who could bench over 300 pounds and run sub two minutes in the 800. Okay. And so he called it the over three under two challenge. So Sweet. anyway, uh, I've always thought that'd be like a really fun thing to do. Like be hard. It'd be really challenging, but yeah, you'd get pretty buff in the process and you could still like rip pretty fast. Well, this winter I got to compete against him and I asked him about it. He was like, dude, that was, it was fun to train for. It was cool to have something to, you know, to be going to the track for. Okay. So I think that is what I'm going to do someday. So, and that's essentially the question I'm going to be trying to figure out is, how few miles can I run and break two minutes? And bench. And was bench was this Matt pounds. Matt Clark? Did he did he succeed? He did. Yeah, he he did it. And he's wow. and actually I competed against him in a multi at Iowa State. And then he ended up setting the masters like 35 to 40 record for that heptathlon. 
Wow. at that meet. So it was pretty cool. They keep records for every five year age gap, age gap once you get above 30. Well, it always used to be the masters didn't start until you were 40. And then just a few years okay. ago, I don't remember what year it was. They lowered it. Um, I don't know why they decided they needed to start having earlier master records, but, and I don't know if that's kind of why he said it. Cause nobody else has had a master's record in yeah. that before, or if it was just a few small number of people. But anyway, I'm pretty sure that's like 35 to 39 or whatever it is, is what he set his record in. Are there not typically decathletes that their career lasts into their late 30s? I would say no. I mean, every once in a while you hear about somebody that's just still getting after it, but like, man, the last olympic trial cycle so it would have been like 2021 because of covid i remember i was going to a lot of multis and there was a lot of guys that were trying to like get their last ever olympic trials qualifier and there was a few guys that were like 35 36 but i feel like a lot of dudes don't go that long just because the multi is so hard to train for like it takes so much time that unless you're one of the best in the world like it's hard to you know, have a job that's going to support you financially and still allow you to train for like four hours a day. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you see it, you see it in other events. Uh, you remember, uh, Batman Jackson, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Rashawn Batman Jackson, 400 hurdles. He had to be like, like, I remember watching him like maybe in his final year competing as a pro, uh, but he won like the Drake relays, 400 meter hurdles or something like that had to be in his mid thirties. Oh yeah. I just looked, I just looked it up. The Christian Taylor, the triple jumper is like 34 or 35. I would have guessed he's even older than that, honestly. And I mean, yeah. And I mean, you see like, I mean, in the marathon, pretty common, you know, with Meb, uh, Abdi, Abdi's going for his like sixth Olympics or something like that mm-hmm. at the at the the trials here in a week. So I mean, you see you see it. I mean, even in like the 10K, every once in a while you see somebody who's in there, you know, or Bernard Lagat, uh, when he made his the last Olympic team he made, he was, I think, and like yeah, those guys have you know been crushing it. But like, think how much easier it is at 35 to go for a run every day compared to like you're 35 and it's like, all right, I got a pole vault and I have to hurdle today. And then tomorrow I've got to throw a shot put and long jump. And like, it's just like, it's so taxing. I think yeah. that's, I think that's part of it. Like to get, is it, re- is it so many, so many explosive things? Cause I mean, another I one, so. Justin Gatlin was, you know, competing for a world championship. Yeah. As late as, you know, when he was like 35, he's 41 now, a little out of the game, but like, hasn't been out of it that long. Like he was at the top of his game in his, in his thirties. I think I would, I think I would just argue that it's just so many explosive things. And like, you know, that's kind of, I want to say he's an anomaly, like to be sprinting that long, like that's, that's tough on the body. But at the same time, like I still would argue that it's easier to go to the track and I don't know what kind of workouts he was doing, but at 30, like if I'm 35 years old, 
I would much rather show up to the track and do some like, you know, all out 150s, 200s, 300 type workouts than like show up and like having a long jump, high jump, pole vault, you know, hurdle. Like I'm just thinking some of the ones that are just like so much work. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just me. But then here I am. I'm, I guess I'm 27 and I'm still doing it. So yeah, you're not, you're not old yet. Not old yet, but soon. Right. I remember in high school, uh, me and my teammates were talking about, you know, what the athletic prime is or something like that. And they had read some book or some post or something like that that said 27 was like the, the athletic peak for like distance runners, kind of the, the sweet spot. And so they, they had always talked like, oh man, even if I don't run to college, I'm going to keep training until I'm 27 to see like what yeah. I really can do, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't think a single one of them did it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, not surprising. That's a lot of like nine years from when you graduate high school to just be out there, you know, grinding. But, right. uh, but it's interesting. You almost wonder if it's like a little higher now, at least for like distance runners, you know, you're still seeing, like we were just saying, like into into thirties, you know, people who are competing for spots on Olympic teams, world teams, and uh, in events as short as the the fifteen hundred. For sure. I mean, Nick Nick Willis. There, there you go. There, there's another twenty years straight of sub four in the mile and mm-hmm. uh, mixing it up pretty good. But yeah, I guess I will say so. The last thing and then we can switch subjects because we've been on this one for a while is uh jeff coover who's the head well he's an assistant coach at university of northern iowa i've been able to go vault with him a few times this winter but yesterday there was a meet at warburg uh, which is in waverly iowa and he jumped five meters which is like just about 16 and a half feet that was his 20th season of breaking five meters in the vault oh yeah so that's pretty absurd i Oh man, I, I love stuff like that. Uh, we'll bring it bring it back to North Dakota a little bit. Uh, Nate Safe, coach at Kindred, we had him on the pod early, early on when we were yeah. first starting. But uh, hopefully he still does this. But at the time, you know, he has his tradition of, you know, throwing the shot at least once a year with his guys, with his athletes, and seeing if he can break fifty feet. Does that sound about right? I think he said fifty high feet. School shot? Yeah, yeah. So. I'll have to I'll have to reach out to him see what how many years his streak is at but uh, you know for a while I had in my head like a streak of years that I had broken 420 in the mile mm-hmm. um, which I think it at my longest it was high school and then five years of college or something like that so oh and then one year after so seven so like seven years in a row of running sub 420 in the mile. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty I was pretty proud of that. But uh yeah, it would take a Herculean effort I think to get <laughs> get back there now, but yeah. So so next topic. Yeah, next okay. topic. All you right, so something. Yeah, so you're talking about throwing. Um we call this our January recap. So we've we haven't recapped a single thing yet. So let's let's do that the best thing that I've seen in January so far is the women's weight throw. We mentioned Shelby Frank. She is leading the nation by four feet in the weight throw. 
Um, her Incredible. her season's best is 23.36 meters, not even a PB, but that's 76 feet, seven and three quarters inches. She threw that actually yesterday at the Jack Johnson Classic. But what's even cooler is that Jamestown's Annie Navwe, who's a, I think she's a sophomore technically, maybe redshirt freshman. Uh, she is tied for third in the country. She threw oh. 70, 71, 11 and three quarters also at the Jack Johnson. So we've got a couple North Dakota girls uh, ranked in the top three in the country in the weight throw, which I think is just so cool. Um, could this be the year that Shelby Frank wins a national title? I mean, yeah, why not? So, okay, we'd have to do some digging, but on the top, off the top of my head, the only people, only females to win Division One NCAA titles would be Becky Wells, Laura Raisler, and am I forgetting anyone else? Can you think of anyone else off the top of your head? Because me, it'd just be those two. I mean, from hmm, my limited memory, that's, I mean, those are the only two that I can can think off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. I know we've had a lot of D2 champions. Maybe not a lot, but we've had some D2 champions, some NAIA champions. But yeah, I think we've only had two D1 champions on the women's side, so that would be really cool. That is my my first nugget that I'm going to start with. Do you have any things that stood out to you in the month of January? I feel like we, we've talked about a few of them, whether it was before we were recording or uh, early on, just kind of in passing in this episode. But, I mean, Nell Graham, so impressed with her last season uh, with how she you know did the multi and then ran that 400 at the outdoor conference meet. Uh, 13th, unless it's changed this weekend. Uh Last weekend when she ran her 400-meter school record, it was, at the time, ninth in the nation, and then by the end of the weekend, it was 13th in the nation. So, I mean, Nell Graham just absolutely destroying Morgan Milbrath's uh, 400-meter NDSU score record. Uh, That that really, uh, probably probably the biggest thing uh, that stood out to me so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the and it's the year year for the ladies. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's been fun, and I will say so. We posted that Nell Graham uh, was ranked 13 in the world, right? And we had a lot of people hop on that and really like that. Well, NDSU came out a couple of days later, and they're like, "She's ranked 13th in the country." And I think there was probably some people wondering, like. Prairie Track and Field podcast is losing its mind or like it was just a misprint. But if you go to like the World Athletics uh, rankings at that time, Nell Graham wasn't on that list. And I think she wasn't on the list because she ran it on a 300 track and not like a 200 bank okay. track. Uh, so I just looked like where does her time fit in with that? And would be it would have been 13th. Now, there must have been some other people in the NCAA that were also in that same predicament at other meets that were either like 200 flat tracks or like yeah. oversized tracks. So that is how that number came to be. So if anybody was so wondering, counting, yeah, let me get this right. Counting everybody. So on the NCAA list, she is 13th in the NCAA. As of last weekend, she was, I don't know what it would be now. Right. I haven't checked. Right. But then also as of last weekend, if you just inserted her time into the world athletics, 
rankings for this year, it also would have been 13th in the world. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so if there was Either any confusion, way. yeah, wicked fast. So, so fast. So, yeah, no Graham is her, as the kids say. Yeah. Is, and is she is she all in all in on the sprints now? Is that? I don't know. Watch her come out and probably probably win the Summit League pentathlon too while she's at it. Yeah. And then like I don't know, do something else crazy like work as like the athletic trainer that me too and i don't know like she does it all uh, she does she's it a, all. she's a first responder so she has to race in a a high-vis vest just in case anybody has any you know i think we should make a shirt that just says no graham saves lives just leave <laughs> yeah. that okay yeah okay yeah. <laughs> i let's transition um we'll go to the guys braxton brewer uh west fargo grad from MSUM is crushing it this year. He leads the NSIC in the 600 and the 1K. He's fourth in the mile in the conference. Hasn't raced an 800 yet. So I'm super excited to see what's going to go down there because his mile time is 418. Ran that at the Bison Team Cup a couple weeks ago. Ran 229 for 1K. And if I understand it right, he did a workout before um, and then ran it. It was just at Concordia. So pretty dope. If that's the case, I saw I think I saw that on Instagram. And then the 600, he's ran 121 at the Bison Team Cup as well. So like dudes, dude's been getting fit. And he's not even racing his bread and butter yet. 418 and then come back a couple events later and run 121 in the six. Now he's him and Coach Milner definitely hey, like they must have they got some sort of plan they're they're cooking up and I think you're right it's probably you know all preparation for that you know the bread and butter 800 uh, so hopefully we get to see him rip a rip a good one either on a I, I hope if he could do it on either an oversized or a bank track somewhere um, I was just uh, a little tangent here but mm-hmm. I was just thinking like I mean UND has got the 300 meter indoor. SDSU has got the 300 meter indoor, you know, we, Iowa State's got the meter indoor, you know, we got, we got a good selection of 300 meter indoor tracks in the area. Pretty much everybody else, you know, a standard flat 200. Somebody's got to put a banked, somebody, we got to get a bank 200 closer than old closest one now, Nebraska or Iowa, Iowa City has a bank 200. Yeah, they're about, <laughs> I would say, yeah, Nebraska would still be closer, not by a ton, but yeah, it's it's just kind of bizarre, you know, especially for the Midwest where it's just, you have to be on an indoor track so much of the season, you think it would almost just be a given that there'd be more places with a bank track, but. Yeah, uh, maybe, the, maybe the expenses to like install all of like the, the mechanisms to like raise and lower the track are not worth it for how much you would want to be using the facility. Yeah. I don't, I don't right? know. Being, being up, being up here, Red River Valley, you know, it, it kind of has to have a, a multi-purpose use and to be used yeah, easily accessible for use mm-hmm. often you would think. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe you could do, you know, if this if it was big enough, do something like what 
University of Michigan did. You know, they have a bank 200, uh, but then on the outside kind of perimeter of the the stadium, they have a 300-meter practice track. Mm. But anyway, there's that tangent. Ryan, I've, I, I thought of one more thing that uh, kind of stuck out to me so far uh, this season. We have a uh, kind of stay with the distance crew. Sean Corsmo, 403, I believe. I think it might have been, even been 402, Cam. Dang. I mean, he is, I, beginning we were talking about, you know, uh, does sub four even mean anything anymore? I mean, hey, for a state like North Dakota, where you only have one native North Dakotan who's ever broken four, uh, it's a big deal. I mean, to me at least, it it's a big deal. It's mm-hmm. inching closer, closer. So, is he going to be the next North Dakotan to uh, to break that four minute barrier? I hope so. And I thought something even more interesting is uh, Landon Yoakum in our comments on that post. Uh, you know, four hundred two forty eight. Just fact checked it, but Yoke said we got to get someone to do it on North Dakota soil. Yeah, we really yeah. do. We really do. So no, no we'll North Dakotan on North Dakota soil has ever broken four. Yeah, it's been. Let's see, Mike Slack. From yep. NDSU. And you know, that's a hand time too, which like I don't want to make it sound like it's shady, but back in oh, the back in the seventies, eighties. Yeah, it is in is in the seventies, like seventy two or three or something like that. It's it's twenty twenty four. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be using hand time. I digress. Different era, different time. I just I just don't trust hand times. And not just from that one instance, but like, let's let's get an FAT one just so it's like in the books. It's clear. There's uh, no okay. discretion. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I hear you. See, that's, okay, that's so, what I was trying to articulate for that whole yeah. tangent. My apologies. I, I do, have you ever talked to Myron about that Mike Slack sub four? Mm-mm. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he was there. Myron was there, and uh, you know drove from you know, Valley city or wherever he was, maybe he was in Fargo at that time. I don't know, but I remember him telling me I could just be completely fabricating this. You know, I honestly have no idea, but I remember him telling me that he had heard the buzz and decided to drive to Fargo to watch it. You know? So I, I, I believe it's real because, uh, you know, I've heard an eyewitness account of it. And, uh, you know, to, to your point though, Ryan, it's probably, you know, Myron also hand timed it at three fifty nine, you know, twenty eight or whatever it is, and you know everybody just wanted it so bad. Maybe they were a little happy on the on the trigger finger, but uh, you never know. I'm not you gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say no to another uh, to another sub four on North Dakota soil. Exactly. So. Exactly. But I mean. Future future looks pretty bright in the mile, though. I mean, Ethan Moe just ran four ten as a as a true freshman. Uh, that was kind of my like goal for my whole college career was to <laughs> to get under four ten. And here he goes, just kind of pops it off. You know, early season is his true freshman year. So, I mean, we got we got guys we got guys who can you know get under that four ten. They're in the four O's already, and uh, that's it's the right direction. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. yeah it would be be really cool and it's kind of like what we opened the episode with like 
maybe pretty soon there's going to be a whole string of North Dakota guys that dip under that. Yeah. That'd be sick. I would be sick as the kids be all for it. Oh yeah. I think we'd all be all for it. All right. I mean, there's been a lot of good things in January. Those are some of the ones that have stuck out to me. And I'm sure if I dove into the results, I would go, Oh yeah, I forgot about this and I forgot about this, but is there anything else that has stood out to you that we're just blatantly missing right now? No, not not that I can think of right now. I mean, not that we haven't touched on in in some way uh, throughout the episode so far. So, I mean, February February is always a uh, a riot for indoor. You know, people trying to get times to make the conference team or to solidify you know national performances and. Uh, I don't know, we we got a lot of teams traveling uh this year indoor season wise. I know mean, NDSU mm-hmm. is going out to Boston here in a couple of weeks, but you know, typically we get, you know, some pretty good head to head either at UND, NDSU or SDSU. Uh pretty good like interconference head to head, you know, once or twice before the actual conference meet. Don't know if we'll get it this year, but uh uh we'll definitely keep our eye out. Uh definitely a possibility. Most definitely. I think that's going to do it for our January recap. I know that was a lot of just us listening. So I hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you do like the banter, uh, let us know. If not, we'll try to be more focused on the results. But um, thank you for listening this far. Uh, It's good to kind of be back in the studio. It's just been a wild January. Cam, you can give an update on your life if you want. I've been commuting an hour each way every day to do a hospital rotation uh, in Marshalltown, Iowa. So I've been getting up at 5.30 in the morning, been leaving at 6.30, getting home at like 5.30, but I've been trying to still work out, um, which has just been wild. We got like two feet of snow over the last few weeks, and thankfully it's melted really quick, so I'll hopefully be back on the track soon. But by the time I get home, eat dinner, it's like, Okay, make your lunch for the next day and hopefully uh, you can get to bed by nine o'clock. So I have not had hardly any time at all. And it just feels like the moments that I've been free, you've been busy or something comes up last minute, which is it is what it is. But it just feels good to be back recording again. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, almost February and this is our our first first uh, recorded episode that's going to get released. Um. We've done a little bit of work earlier in January that hopefully we'll get out to the listeners here uh, at some point. But uh, yeah, it's life's busy, you know, with I feel like it was a little easier when it was only me that was I mean, you were doing school, you know, so it's not like you weren't busy. But uh, yeah, just been working and watching Noah. Noah will be two here in just about a month. And uh, yeah, I mean, life. Life happens, you know, and so it just doesn't always. uh link up the way we want, but we appreciate everybody's support and patience with us as we, uh, you know, we just love doing this. It's kind of, it's a hobby for us and, and we hope you guys enjoy it. And we really, uh, love seeing the feedback. Oh man, Ryan, I don't think we've ever gotten to say thank you to everybody who bought a sweatshirt. Since yeah. we released sweatshirts, uh, we we're, we we're super pumped at the reception to the merch, the sweatshirts. Uh, I think most of them have gotten delivered or mailed out to y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Uh, it's going to be so cool seeing those sweatshirts uh, on everybody's shoulders, you know, at meets or uh, on Instagram or training or, you know, whatever you guys end up using them for uh, means the world to us that uh, we, I mean, we don't, we're not able to get a whole lot of feedback from you guys uh, being the, uh, a podcast just with the medium that we use, but uh, seeing it through the sales of the sweatshirts, man, uh, feels really good. So yeah, I just want to say uh, thanks to everybody for that. And hopefully the success of that allows uh, some more opportunities to do uh, stuff like that in the future. Yeah, definitely. So thank you. When you said that, I was like, shoot, I better look and make sure that uh, there weren't any like new orders. Uh, and everybody that's ordered has had their sweatshirt sent to them. And there's a couple of you that were kind enough to message and say, you forgot to send me a Venmo request. And like I said, life's busy. But yeah, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I got a free hoodie. That uh, that Venmo request is going to come at some point, but there's no interest on it. So that's good at least. But anyway, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. We will hopefully be back with another episode soon. But until then, keep doing your thing, get out and train, and uh, we'll see you soon.